Hey everybody, welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am your host, Jay Williams, and today I am joined by Robbie Helene. Hello everybody, thanks for listening. I So last week we set a record for the worst intro, or the longest, I think the longest amount of tomfoolery. And Was so, last week Jurassic Park? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It feels the like most, longer ago. The most ago. false starts. Right, the most false starts. But this feels that feels longer ago because now normally we record this podcast on Tuesday. Right. And today is Thursday mm-hmm. because we've had a full week of actually doing real ministry and not <laughs> talking not to each other. And my... chit-chatting. Right. So, um, no, man, people are going to run with that. See, I knew he only worked one day a week. <laughs> uh, but, but the problem with that is I'm on to prepping for the next sermon, and I yes. had to remember, and so I, I made the mistake of asking my wife this morning, what did I even preach on last week? And you're just setting yourself up for rejection at that point because... <laughs> Because, well, I mean, you probably aren't. Your your wife probably. My mine's looking at me like, uh, and then she said, um, James dies unceremoniously and Peter is delivered. And I'm like, that's what you got for the sermon was James dies, Peter lives. And then I thought. So then I, once that jogged my memory, I was like, oh yeah, now I remember the the text. Um, I still couldn't remember what I actually yeah. said. Well, in her defense, that is what happens in the narrative text. So she's, well, she's got the Bible part correct. The first That's a win. two verses of the Bible part. There's yeah, an entire speak, chapter. So speaking of that, why does James only get two verses? Like, not e- is it even two? I don't... Well, yeah. We should... Those, no one could ever say that we prep too much for the podcast. <laughs> Did I did I jump the gun? Am I asking the question no, too early? No, no. Like <laughs> I, I'm saying, we have to average this out. So if you get did the average of tomfoolery in our podcast, like we need to we need to lower our average a little bit. So this okay. is good. So yeah, why why does James only get two verses or one verse or look it up, man? Okay. I will. I'm, I'm going to do that right now. Right, you got your Bible right okay. there in front of you. Um. So what's fascinating about that is James. James is the only apostle whose death is recorded in scripture. That's right. Cause Stephen, Stephen is a deacon. Right. And Ananias and Sapphira were neither. Correct. So I, it's interesting to me that in all of scripture, you have these apostles who were the ones who had been with Jesus, the ones who were charged with teaching the church and starting this whole thing. And one one of their deaths is recorded and it's given one verse or two verses. It is one verse and uh, it's not even the whole sentence. So he gets, right. he killed James, the brother of John with the sword. Moving on. Yeah. So what is that all about? You don't even get, James doesn't even get a eulogy. He doesn't even, he doesn't even get, and the church grieved over his loss. Right. He just gets... And Stephen, Stephen, like, is a deacon for 20 minutes and gets multiple chapters. Uh-huh. And James gets half of a sentence in one verse. Maybe James didn't preach a very good sermon. Well... He probably didn't have time. It was just... <laughs> Intently, because he okay. got killed too fast. We can be flippant about it, because uh, James is now in glory and Correct. is not... He's doing just fine. Yeah, he's not concerned at all about <laughs> no. what happened to him there. And But I do think it says something... So I think there's a couple of things about this. One is it's 
it's an yet another reminder of what Paul will allude to later when he talks about, look, you know, some are saying I belong to Apollos and some to Paul. And, and, you know, I just say like, we're all Christ's. I don't know who I baptize. Hmm. Maybe I baptize the other one. I know I baptize these. I don't know if I baptize others. Like there is this very clear from the beginning. This is not about people. You can see that with Peter where, you know, when he goes to, um, they, they kind of want to worship him and he's like, look, I'm a man too. Like we're, yeah. we're, this is, we're just men. Um, and so it's really interesting that the heroes, quote unquote heroes in the new Testament are, um, definitely take a back seat to the risen Christ. Correct. Clearly as and they should, as they should, but you don't, you sometimes you see it in really profound ways like this. Yeah that it would have been totally understandable to have at least a few verses given to how much the church grieved the loss of James. And I mean, the proximity to these two events is what makes, makes it feel like such a stark contrast. You get this almost throwaway line of, by the way, James was murdered. Uh, And then we get this lengthy narrative of this spectacular, miraculous, rescue of peter so you have two uh two apostles um both of the inner circle like both inner circle apostles like of the three that jesus called out as special even among the 12 like that he poured into in a unique way two of those guys so it's not even like you know bartholomew right <laughs> it was, was like you know say, it was which, this bartholomew which one guy are you gonna like, pick out is like hey man <laughs> like, poor bartholomew like he doesn't you don't ever get to hear about him um but like like two guys from the inner circle like two right and and one of them gets this like you know ah, and he and he died and then and then the other gets this miraculous deliverance so what do what do we do with that i mean what do we do with those moments where where I feel like, well, I must be the James because I don't feel like anything spectacular is happening with me. Well, I want to I want to backtrack a little bit because I think there's a couple of questions oh, like- that come up from from that. One is why why are they handled differently, and then what do we do with the fact that they are handled differently? So okay. why so like why does Luke approach them differently? Well, no, uh, I was just thinking why does God why does God okay. choose to deliver Peter and yeah. not James? Like I think. Um, I think we have to be mindful because there's a couple of things that you could draw from. Like one, you could say, well, Peter was more useful. Paul Mm -hmm. even later says, you know, well, I don't know if I'm going to live or die. When he talks about to live as Christ, to die as gain, he's saying, I I, I think I'm going to remain because it's much more beneficial for you. So you could make the, you know, someone could try to make the argument that, well, Peter, Peter was just doing more. He was doing a better mm-hmm. job, so he gets left here, and James is, you know, which I think is nonsense. We have Correct. no, like, there's no evidence of that at all, and it wouldn't be silly, and that's not biblically or theologically consistent. And we think that's um, nonsense because Jesus explicitly right. says that's nonsense, right. not because we don't like that interpretation, but because <laughs> Jesus says that's nonsense. And he says that to Peter. Right. Like, so we, like, we already have... The says what? What are you late. referring to? Because so I know when, what you're referring to, but uh, so Jesus is interacting with Peter, and he's telling him essentially, "You're going to die for my sake." Yes. Uh, and and Peter's response is, you know, John walks by in the background. He points at him, and says, "Well, what about that guy?" Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "What? 
What are you worried about that guy? Like, who, yeah. if I, what if I, who, what, what is it to you if I let that guy live forever? And I love that, like, then John slips in there, and that's how the rumor got started that John was going to live forever. <laughs> it's <laughs> just true. such a great little, like, little like, gospel right. Easter egg in there. Like, hey, by the way, that's where uh, that rumor that's got started. Rumor that's got totally not from. true. So when you're all reading this and you know that I died, this is <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not... Right. not not true. But Jesus' point is like, what your your concern is not what I'm doing in the life and and ministry of that guy. Your concern is what am I doing in and through you. Right. So I've got a different plan, a different trajectory for him, and so you don't be concerned with that. Which is so I think you don't be. That's a grammatically awkward way to say that. Be, Sorry. Yeah. What is it? You don't not be thinking about that. So, well done. Thanks. Uh, three, two, one. And so, hey, everybody. Um, no. All right. Well, well no, we'll, we'll keep really going. You really went too far. I <laughs> too far. <laughs> Fast forward. So the, but, but that is important that these two are handled so differently. And, and I love that you're bringing that up about the interaction with John. I do love the picture of John just walking by and be like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I'm just carrying the fish yeah, over here, like, man. Like, like, but, but we do tend to do that. We tend to look at it and, and we tend to be more concerned you know, I, I always tell my kids the general rule of thumb is if you, because uh, they, they will confront me. Sorry, this is, I started way too many sentences there at once. But when I, I will sometimes tell my kids, hey, worry about yourself. And then I other times tell them, hey, think of others. And I've had them call me out on that before. Like, well, which one am I supposed to do? And I, I kind of ironically, sarcastically, whatever said, well, basically do the opposite of whatever you want to do. Like if you... <laughs> If you want to worry about other people, then you should probably be worrying about yourself. If you want to be thinking about yourself, then you should probably be thinking about other people. But there is a sense in that, that when we are called to walk whatever road we are called to, we can look around and think, well, but I don't want this road. I want that road. And why Why did that person, yeah. why does that person get that path? And if you'd asked James before, if Jesus had told James of, okay, Peter um, you know, cause you're talking about those inner three. So he calls out John. I mean, imagine if James was sitting there and Jesus just turns to him and goes, yeah, similar thing, but much sooner than them. You know, like you're gonna, you know, James think, well, why, why do, why do I have to be first? Yeah. Like, why am I, yeah. um, and the, and the answer to any of that is like, it's God's, it's God's will. And it's, we are, we belong to him. We exist yeah. We are created by him and for him. And part of identifying with Christ, I mean, the, the big thing of identifying with Christ is dying to ourselves, which means I, like when Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ, is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, this life, this new life is, it just exists to glorify God. It's, mm -hmm. it's no longer in pursuit of, um, you know, my own, my own aim, my own means. Um, and so I do think, I think there is a sense of that, of, um, I mean, I've wondered that before. I'm like, well, why don't I get to be the, why don't I get to be the guy that does that? And why am I not called to do this thing over here? And, um, rather than being content and just understanding my job is to be faithful to whatever road God has put me on, not to wish that I was on a different road. And not to assume that it's, you know, well, God must love that person more because their road mm. seems seems to be easier um, than this road over here. Mm. I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, what do you think, how do you think that, um, 
you know, when we look at how these two hand, were handled, and, and again, when you look at James, Peter, and John, well, John, as far as, you know, we understand, died of old age. Yeah. So he's the only apostle that we have um, any account of how he dies where he did not die, where he was not murdered. Yeah. So why does he get to live till he's 90 and... I mean, writing awesome, crazy things. Right. Jesus' response is, "What is that to you?" Right. Like, why? Why are? Why are you even asking the question? Um, and and there is like there can be a a, a frustration in that response, um, but there should be a comfort in that response. Like, there should be a comfort in knowing God has a specific trajectory for me. That is. That is for my good and for his glory and it and it's not going to look exactly like yours it's going to look very different and so i should feel a release from well i'm supposed to be more like that person i'm supposed to meet these other standards um but oftentimes i don't because i'm not i'm not thinking sometimes i'm not thinking in those terms sometimes i'm thinking in terms of but i like their trajectory better and i wish i had that um i I think it's important to remember, like when we, especially when you read through Acts chapter 12, the, I think the way that chapter ends answers the question because you see that God is never just doing one thing at a time, right? Right. He is constantly doing countless things in and through our lives and how they interact with one another and what this sparks and how that, this, this response happens. And so you, you, when you read 12 all together, you see there, there is a narrative flow of what happens to James sparks a response in the people in Jerusalem, which motivates a response in Herod, which positions Peter in this place where God is able to display his miraculous power in a very unique way mm-hmm. that would not have happened, you know, through another path. Like there's this chain of events that takes place. And then we see in verse 24, at the very end, the word of God increased and multiplied. Right. That's the result. So like there is a, a transcendent, story that is being told that I, for some inexplicable reason, God honors me to allow me to play a bit part in that. Right. Right. Like I get to be dude standing in background with umbrella. Like yeah. I'm not the star. Jesus is the star, but I get to, I get to be in the movie, um, which is, which is miraculous. And, and he's doing something, he's doing something in and through that in a way that is accomplishing something way bigger than James, way bigger than Peter. Like it's immeasurably bigger than just these two guys and, and their lives. Well, it says, but the, but the word of God multiplied. So there's this contrast of, so Herod tries to thwart what is going on through death. And, and it's another example of in the kingdom that death brings life. And, hmm. and so in James, you have this great important story for the early church to say this is worth dying for that does not diminish God's power and then in a very quick display of judgment Herod is struck dead and it says so so any basically it's it's this when you think really big picture it is one of the um, examples to the early church and to us that regardless of the attacks regardless of the power that is on display the worldly power that is um, pushing up against the church, it it will not win. That God God is still greater, and God yeah. will bring about His purposes. So Herod is basically throwing everything he has 
at this and at the end of it it's like yeah he dies yeah. but the word of god multiplies yeah the word of god will not his best pass attempt away. to squash right. it actually multiplied it right yeah and he ends up he ends up dead and i think i think that's critical for us to remember that whatever is happening in our lives it, it is one of those things is to help us you ask the question of like well what do i do if i feel like well i'm you know i'm the james like i'm the one that has to have this really hard road that nobody else has to I think one thing that's always important to remember is everybody's road is hard. Life is messy. Yeah. And Jesus says to all of them, you will be hated. John dies of old age, but not exactly in luxury. And, you yeah. know, he's exiled on an island, you know. And um, But some people, whatever the case is, we all, we all have, when we're identifying with Jesus, there's going to be suffering in the life of, of the Christian uh, but if you're in that situation where you just look at and you're, the road you are walking is objectively hard, you know, that anybody around you would say, I, that is, that is horrible there. And you and I both have walked with people who are walking roads that we've never had to walk. Right. And that seem very difficult. And, um, but to remember that whatever is being thrown at you in that, that God is still victorious mm-hmm. and will be victorious in you through your faith and your trust in him, even if, even if like for James, it means, you know, he dies by the sword. He was faithful to the end and, and then receives his prize and, and is glorified in heaven. And, um, and so there, there is a part of that to understand that whatever is pressing in on you is not greater than God. And he is sovereign over that. And, and so he's still stronger. He still wins. He still will win in your life. And he will win. Um, he will win overall, even if on earth it looks like that's not happening mm. or that you're not delivered from the earthly circumstances, even if it is in death, which is what one of the points I was trying to make of God is glorified, whether in death or deliverance. In both of those things, God is glorified. Um, so I think that that is a really a critical piece Um to remember in that that he he still he still wins like, right still like right nothing that can be thrown at you can crush you like we it it will it will ultimately be made right it will ultimately mm-hmm. ultimately be redeemed um so i think that would be one piece of encouragement i would give to to a person who feels like well i f- i feel like i got the james card yeah i'd like to have the peter card and of course, the Peter card is temporary. Like you said, he right. eventually uh, meets arguably a, a worse fate. A significantly worse fate. <laughs> right. So, like a much, yeah. It, he, he stuck around for longer, but then yeah. his end was, was much, much arguably more gruesome. significantly more gruesome and painful. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, that's, that's always, it's so relative, right? Ah, oh, I wish I had their path. Well, you don't know where that path's going to end. You don't, right? right. And and maybe you're going to be really thankful for your path. Ideally, we should all be super thankful for our path because, as you said, like whether it's through death or through deliverance, like n- neither one of those is the better option. Like I shouldn't be pursuing one with the expectation of this is obviously the superior one. And the church has kind of gone through phases. Like in the early persecutions of the church, one of the problems in the church was people uh, unnecessarily rushing into martyrdom. Mm-hmm. So like, because they believed that, that martyrdom was the highest possible thing that you could achieve within Christianity. And so there are people who were turning themselves, like do, I mean, taking like ridiculous steps to pursue, actively pursue 
martyrdom. Like to us, that seems ridiculous. Um, but that's only because we have different priorities and a different understanding of what Jesus calls us to, not always for the better. Um, but the church goes through these different seasons of like, well, obviously deliverance is superior. No, obviously death is superior. And, and realizing, no, like when you read when you read two missionary biographies and you see one of them was murdered after two weeks, and then as a result, the whole village came to Christ. And then you read another biography of this person served in this country for 60 years, and as a result, the whole village came to Christ. Like, the takeaway is Jesus wins, and he's doing awesome things through his people. Like, that's the takeaway. Not, well, is it better to... Should I try to get myself killed within two weeks? Because obviously that's an effective missionary methodology. Right. Like, no, that's, that's nonsense. Like, we we pursue Christ. We submit to his lordship. We follow him in delightful, joyful obedience. And then we see how it unravels and trust that whatever whatever is happening in me, to me, around me is is part of his grand design that is working toward my good and his glory. Yeah. I think, I think what's important there too, is like you were saying that the pursuit of it, that we go through different eras. And right now there's certainly in our culture, there, there is the temptation through the, the prosperity gospel and other things to believe in kind of like this. Um, but it's not just the prosperity gospel, but the idea of like this Christian karma, that if you're faithful, then you will have, you will receive yeah. worldly blessing. Yeah. And, and so unfortunately you, you in, when I say it's not just the prosperity gospel, we have it in the prosperity gospel through health and wealth, but it's also very, it's very um, alive and well in like fundamentalism and more just conservative um, branches of evangelical Christianity. That would be, you'd consider to be the opposite of the prosperity gospel, but there still is this belief of like, well, if I, if I do everything right before marriage, then my marriage will be amazing. If I do, if I raise my kids properly, then they will follow Jesus and, you know, they will, they will flourish. And if I do and so we quote things like, you know, train, train them up in the way of the Lord. And, you know, they will not veer from that. And like, well, yeah, that's, there's a context to that promise. And yeah. it's not, it, it's, it's not this, it's not a karma type thing. It's not, well, if I am faithful in this way, then I will receive this blessing in the way that I deem to be a blessing. Yes. And and so That's the key, the way I define right. that being a blessing. Right. And so we have we have these different errors. It's hard for us to imagine that there was a time where people thought, well, man, I want to be martyred because that means I'm that will I, that will make me um seem like I am holy and every culture and every generation has some thing that they pursue and that they equate with holiness. And I would argue that like I was just kind of alluding to that, but I would argue that a big one of that is, um, is, is your children now, like in our culture and in the evangelical church, like what are your children doing? That's the badge of honor. So if my kids are obedient, if they are doing these right things, if they are like, and, and you see it in our, the secular culture as well, like living vicariously through your kids and putting that kind of pressure on them, but that's the badge of holiness. And for someone else, it might be how, how well your business does. That's a badge like, Oh, God has really blessed your business. You yeah. must be really faithful to him. Um, but we have to be careful that we don't pursue any of those particular roads, but that we also aren't afraid of those. So sometimes people, yeah. 
you if you go back to like more of a poverty idea if you think that poverty is holier than um than prosperity well then you might actually feel really guilty about you know your your business doing well or you might feel like that may be a conflict and you feel like man i i don't want that to do well i don't want to i i i think it's holier to to be impoverished and so you try to force that road well that may not be the road god has you on yeah. God may have you on the road that is hard. I mean, Jesus says it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. So there are things, um, it's, it's ironic that when Jesus gives warning, it's usually to people who are, who have been blessed. Mm. So when you think about what in, in blessed in the way that we think of in a worldly way. So the warnings are to the educated, to the wealthy, to the powerful, like these are the warnings that are given. So it's basically like if you have been blessed in the world's eyes, then you are most at risk it is hardest for you to find the kingdom because you don't see your need. Hmm. You see like, mm-hmm. Oh, I, I earned this. I did. I think that that's a big reason why, but when you think about the warnings that are given that Paul gives, it is, it is to those who are advantaged, but they're warnings. The, the answer isn't to then get rid of all that. Yeah. The answer isn't to, well, so then therefore don't become educated. Don't make any money. Don't, don't be healthy. Like go and poison yourself right. so that you're, right. you're sick and lowly. Paul dispels all of that when he talks about in Philippians four, when he's just saying, look, I can can do any of these things. I know what all of these things are. And in all of these things, I can handle them. Um, I can handle the temptations of being rich because I have Christ. I can handle the suffering of being poor because I have Christ. I can handle the um, being, being well thought of. I can handle being hated. I can handle all of these different things because in all of these things, Christ is who I am holding on to and he never changes. So my main identity never changes. My main posture never changes. These other things end up just being the, yeah, you know, so if you oversimplify it to kind of put a bow on that uh, for me, so, cause I know people are clamoring for you to talk more, which is, you know, those are the, those are the, Jay, why do you talk so much in it? Well, because I'm a talker, but if you think about going for a walk, if I'm if I'm going for a walk with my wife, what I really care about is walking with my wife. I don't care which path. I may have preferences of like I really like walking through the woods yeah. and she likes walking through town or whatever. And but but the as long as I'm wa- going for a walk with my wife, as long as I'm with her, I don't I don't care. And to oversimplify that, like we are walking with Jesus and the the great promises as long as what Paul is I think, you know, basically getting at in Philippians four is as long as I'm walking with Jesus, I can take any of these roads. Mm. I can hike through the woods. I can climb that mountain. I can walk through this field. I can walk through the city. I can walk, I can, I can walk through suffering. I can walk through poverty. I can walk through all, all of this because the only thing that really matters to me is that I'm with Christ and all these other things are just the, the details of the road that I happen to be on. Yeah. Not, not the thing. And we Those tend to make the, the road that, the yeah, thing. That's right. That, yeah, my hope, my hope is in the thing. And so what I'm really hoping for is that Jesus will be the means to get me the thing that I really want. Right. Can Jesus take me to the road that I want? Right. Like, I like that road. That's what I want to walk along the beach. Can Jesus help me walk along the beach? Well, great. Then I want to follow him. Yeah. But if he starts going to, to the mountains, well, then I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to go there. I wanted to go walk along the beach. That's a really good... There's something there. There's something. There's something in there that'll preach. So, are there any other questions or anything that popped up from the? Uh, um, oh, 
I know one other thing was talking about that I, I left out was um, just not only that we are created by God and for God and not to pursue a road, but to pursue him. Um, and, but then another thing is then to also be mindful of that. Our lives here are so temporary hmm. and, and James, I mean, it shows that like, for James and Peter and John, all three of those who lived very different lengths of time, that is like a blip. Mm. You know, since then they have been for 2000 years in the presence of Jesus. And the difference of a few decades was, is nothing, you know? And that isn't to say that our time here is meaningless. Um, but it is a, a stark reminder an important reminder for Christians that this we are like a vapor. We are a yeah. mist. Yeah. We are, this is, this is very temporary, which is why Paul talks about, I, I don't consider these, I, I consider the sufferings of today, like light momentary afflictions. Mm. And we're talking about some deep suffering that he's going through. And he's just saying, compared to what is to come, this is light and momentary. And to have that perspective is, um, I think is, is critical. Man, I agree. I agree because it it doesn't feel light often, and it doesn't no. feel momentary often because our perspective is like this is all we have. And and Paul in that is trying to remind us, oh my goodness, there is immeasurably more than this. And and when this will seem silly and insignificant in comparison, when when we get our first glimpse of the glory of Christ in eternity. Which is why I think, which is why he, he, he goes so far, so far as to say, like, if we can only, if we only have hope in Christ in this life, we are, we are the most pitiful people on earth. Like if this is, if, the, if this is, right. if this life is the best we can hope for, then we're foolish. We're fools. I mean, we yeah. we're just totally fools because we, we pursued the wrong thing. And, and I think when Paul just gives such good perspective. Philippians, if, if you need some perspective on this, just read the book of Philippians. Yeah. I mean, you read anything, but the book of Philippians really, Paul is reflecting on all this stuff. And, you know, he, in there, he, it's just so funny to hear him kind of go back and forth. And the, the famous verse where he says to live as Christ, to die as gain. He's kind of just saying like, I don't know if I'm going to live or die. I'm probably going to, you know, I, I think I'd rather die, but I'm probably going to end up living. But, you know, either way, both are good. Yeah. And you just think, man, he he's talking about dying in prison or living and being delivered as if he's thinking about what to have for lunch. Yeah. I mean, it's really the, the tone of it. You know, when I so if in, in Philippians one, uh, you know, he says in, in the second half of verse 18, um, you know, he, he wants Christ proclaimed. He says, yes, and I will rejoice for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Mm -hmm. So he knows that even though he's suffering, this is all going to turn out for his deliverance. But by deliverance, he does not mean necessarily that he's going to you know be delivered like Peter was delivered from prison. Correct. Yeah. He's just saying it's going to ultimately I am going to have a greater deliverance of any of anything that could happen and he says as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed but that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death. 
So his whole focus is just Christ be honored. And he said, then he says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. Which I would love I know, to know. Like, I know. Did he, is did, and who knows? Yeah. Maybe the Spirit told him, like, you, look, you. I mean, this would blow all of our minds theologically, but you, you can go home. You, you want to go home, or you can stay. Yeah. And he says, which I shall choose, I, 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 I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. And that, and again, the whole book of Philippians is full of this kind of talk where you just see in him, what does it mean to believe that I exist for him? To, To believe that whatever road I'm in, it is to my role is to honor Christ, whether in life or death, whether in success or failure, whether in healing or illness, I, the, the road that I've been called to, the main thing is to honor Christ as holy and to live for him. And just, and, and that he says that my life would be an encouragement. Like I know that I know that this is going to be used to encourage you in the faith and that is really the answer of dealing with whether you're James or Peter. And I think that comes full circle to the one thing I did touch on the sermon is how sound asleep Peter is Yeah, because Peter, and I'm sure James was too. Like if you could go back to James the night before he's executed, they're probably, he's probably also at peace Yeah, because they know, okay, well, if tomorrow I'm killed, I will honor Christ in my death and I will glorify him in my death. And if I'm delivered, then I will honor him and glorify him in my deliverance. That's right. And they wouldn't be surprised by that because Jesus told them, this is what you should expect. And so there's a sense of like, ah, it's happening exactly like Jesus said it would. So this is great. It's only, it's only affirming Christ all the more that they're in that circumstance as opposed to stirring up doubt. Right. And you and I have both walked through things and I'm sure anybody listening has walked through things when you're waiting for news Mm. and you're saying, if it's, if it's this, like, and, and there's nothing wrong, by the way, with wanting something. There's nothing right. wrong with petitioning God and saying, I want this test result to say this. But if you're writing that out to say, if it's cancer, I will glorify Christ in my illness. Yeah. If this is benign, I will glorify Christ in my, in my health. If, if it's, you know, whatever it is to just know at any situation. And I hope that I hope that that's encouraging because whatever situation you're facing, whatever you're worried about, whatever road you're afraid of facing, you know, that that would be a good thing to remind yourself. Like you're going in to meet with your your boss about like, you don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow. Like, well, if I lose my job and I will glorify God in my unemployment. Mm. And if I keep my job, if I'm promoted, I will glorify God in, in my promotion. Um, if I confront a friend and I, like I, I want to reconcile with a friend or I need to bring up something and confront sin in a friend. Like if they, if they receive it soft heartedly, then we, I will glorify God in the reconciliation and the forgiveness. If they turn it back around on me, then I will glorify God in the be, the being hated. Um, I just think in everything, if we could just, and, and I'm preaching to myself of 
facing all those things that cause us stress and anxiety and remembering that whatever happens, because I know that God is sovereign, whatever happens in this moment, I can glorify Christ and even prepare myself to do this. If this is, if it's a, or if it's B either way, I'm going to, I'm going to glorify Christ and honor him as holy. And so I, I think that's the big, I think that's one of the big takeaways when you see this, you know, these two very opposite, um, results for two very faithful. And yeah. as you point out, inner, inner circle disciples, two very different results, but the same, the same glory to Christ. Well, and we, we need to help each other walk through those things and be reminded of those things. So if you're listening to Jay say that and think, yeah, that sounds great, but how, how can I do that in this circumstance? Um, and please reach out to us. We, we want to be able to pray with you and, and counsel you through the word in those things. We want to be able to encourage you. If you've got a story of how God has made himself evident uh, in this way in your life, we want to hear that too. We want to be able to celebrate with you and, and glorify God's goodness and grace uh, you know, made manifest to us uh, alongside you. So uh, if we can help, let us know. If, uh, if you just have an encouraging story of how you have seen this demonstrated in your life, we want to hear that too and, and celebrate along with you. So uh, you can do that by uh, uh, email uh, connect at faithpeshtigo.com or by grabbing us on a Sunday uh, if you're here on a Sunday you can fill it out in a communication card um, there, there's a lot of ways to get a hold of us uh, but we would love to hear from you and, and to be able to encourage you and pray with you as much as we can we love you, thank you for listening uh, and in the meantime, grace and peace to you mm-hmm.